so many times when I write like a to-do list for today. It's not really my to-do list. It's my wish list for what I wish I could get done today if I were like superwoman. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan. And mamas, today on the show, we're talking to Laura Smith, founder of iHeart Planners and the annual Get Organized HQ Summit. Laura is hashtag goals for me when it comes to systems and routines for your home. Her mission is to provide a complete life management system and resources for busy women so they can manage the chaos with a smile on their face in an era of one-size-fits-all generic planning systems destined for the recycling bin two months in. In 2020, we need these systems more than ever, especially with school starting back up and schedules so unpredictable. So today, Laura and I are going to break down how to start creating effective systems in your home. We're also going to talk about her free Get Organized HQ Summit, which is currently open for registration and officially starts September 14th. She has speakers covering all areas of life management. I'll actually be there talking about mastering your money mindset. And you can grab your free ticket at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash organized HQ. As always, stick around until the end of the show to hear my top three takeaways from this conversation with Laura. Or you can head over to smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Laura for the complete show notes. Are you ready, mamas? Let's get started. Hey, Laura, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you because I got to tell you, we need some organization help in our house. We are just, we are the people with piles of paper everywhere. (laughs) I totally understand. (laughs) It happens to everyone. So tell me, tell me a little bit about your business and how you got into organizing. So I started iHeart Planners about eight years ago, and I've always been someone who enjoys organizing. Like I love, you know, making an elaborate plan or walking down the aisles of the container store. However, I have never been a person who does a great job of keeping up with those things on a daily basis. Like I want to set up the system and then... I don't want to have to do something every day. I'm feeling very seen right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So when I started, it wasn't necessarily because I was so good at keeping up with it. It's just a topic that I love so much. And I think mostly because I love creating a home that is like peaceful and not stressful because the world out there is so, it's just a scary place. And I was, I grew up as like, a ridiculously shy person. And so the world was scary and home was like my haven. And I just wanted to create that in my own home. And that's what I wanted to share with everybody. So that's more why I started, not because I was so good at it, but (laughs) just because it's something I could talk about without getting tired of it because it was so important. And then over the years, I've learned some tips and tricks to help with that. Well, and we're getting close to school reopening or, you know, we're actually recording this guys in the summer. So we're not quite sure what school reopening is looking like now. But I think that that's a moment for a lot of people of like, oh my gosh, our lives are going to get crazy again. And so do you have kids, Laura? I do. They are five and one just turned four. Awesome. How do you build your organization into having kids around? Because this is like definitely... My husband and I will come up with the big organization plan, right? We'll do the clean of the house. We'll have the system. And then a weekend, the toddlers have just destroyed 
we're back at square one. <laughs> it feels really frustrating. Yeah, I do think like organizing before kids and after kids is a totally different situation. Before I had kids, like we both worked outside the home and were gone all day. And so we weren't really in it. And now four people are in our house all the time and we actually have to live here. So I think it is really hard. I would say the first thing that I do is I try to keep it as simple as possible And as like less stuff is really the answer. I mean, the more you get rid of, the less you have to corral and mess with. So I'm just, I feel like I'm constantly getting rid of stuff, decluttering. And then my house is not always put away. (laughs) Like that's just, it's not your parents. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, that's not really my goal. Like I want us to enjoy it. And I want to know that we can get it put away in a few minutes. So by having like for the kids stuff, it's like bins. And I usually have like a specific bin for each item, but I don't worry about if they put it in the right bin. If they put it away, we're fine. And so like making it as simple as possible for everyone to put things away and things like that. And just having systems, like setting up a system for where our shoes go when we come in and trying to be as consistent as possible. Just saying every time we come in, we take our shoes off and we put them right there. It becomes a habit over time, but it does take a while to develop that habit. And also just when I see a certain pile happening, like all the time, I make a place for it right then and there. So like I had a place for my kids artwork where we go like kind of store it for like a month or so and then go through it. But I found that we were just, randomly throwing it in this other drawer because it was convenient. And I was like, okay, why am I trying to make like, do what you do already? So why am I trying to make it difficult by setting up this other place? We're just going to now call this is the place where the artwork goes. So I feel like that's another just kind of go with what's already happening rather than trying to change it. That makes a lot of sense. And Laura, you're hosting a summit on the 14th, the Get Organized HQ Summit. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So that is where we have brought together so many speakers and organizing experts. And these are people who have kind of done it in the real world, not just like, oh, we can set up a system long enough to snap an Instagram picture, but who really get it and have really done it. And they're going to share all sorts of topics from finance, meal planning, setting up systems, routines, goal setting, fashion, like all those kind of things to help us create a peaceful and smoothly running homes. And it's completely free to attend live. So I love being able to offer that for people. That's amazing. And so fun. And guys, I will be speaking there as well, but just on the finance portion, because clearly as this conversation is already dictated, I am not about to speak on any of the other organization home issues. So we're going to get into a lot of specifics in that summit. We're going to see a lot of experts. Can we talk today a little bit about like, let's say you're a parent who is struggling with this a little bit, right? Like you get the kitchen is always kind of got some dirty dishes on the sink. You're forgetting when your kids have soccer practice, right? Things are a little bit out of control. Where's the first place you recommend starting and getting organized? Because this can seem like a really big, scary thing to get to completely overhaul your life and get organized. I, yeah, I totally agree. It can feel scary. And one of the first, like, this is like the pre-starting phase. I would say, think about how you talk to yourself about that. Because I know myself and so many people, when things start to get a little bit out of control, I start to like beat myself up and be like, I can't believe I don't have my life together. And all these other people have their lives together, which may or may not be true. It's just what I tell myself in my head. And then that's just starting from a place of stress. And especially... If you have other members in the household, 
and they're going to pick up on that stress and it's just not helpful. So just say, okay, it is what it is. We're here. That's okay. No judgment. And now where do we start? And where I like to start is by making a plan for your day and not just any plan. But the reason I like to start here is because I think so many times, I don't know about other people, but I think we've all started from this place of like, I'm ready to overhaul my life on Monday. I'm now going to get everything. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start, you know, reorganizing the entire home. I'm going to start a new business. I'm going to do everything on Monday. And we even try to do things that I think are really good. Like think about our long-term vision and goals. Those are all really important. And there is definitely a place for that. But when we are feeling really overwhelmed It doesn't matter what great long-term goal I set because those all have to happen in the day-to-day. And if I've lost complete control of my day, it barely matters like what else I'm doing. And I think it's even hard to be in that headspace to think ahead when like, I'm like, ooh, do we have anything to eat for dinner? Does anybody have clean clothes to wear? Like, it's just hard. So that's why I say start with your day and you have a lot more control and influence on today. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I know a lot of us has probably made some sort of daily plans before. And if you're anything like me, you would make a plan and it just didn't work. And the first reason for that is so many times when I write like a to-do list for today, it's not really my to-do list. It's my wish list for what I wish I could get done today. If I were like superwoman or if everything went according to plan all day and nothing took longer than expected and there were no interruptions. But that's probably not (laughs) realistic. So, you know, we don't want to like write this whole to-do list and then at the end of the day feel defeated because we got half of it done or 25% of it done. So the way that I like to make my daily plan is to divide it into three buckets. So my three buckets are number one, appointments. So I have a section, I just write anything that is like scheduled, got to be there at this time. And most of us manage to get those those done already. You know, if we have a scheduled appointment. So then that, that lets me see, okay, what is left? And then the second bucket, and this is what I think is the most critical part is my top priorities. And that's where I put the top three to five things that I want to get done that day. And this is what makes it different from just like, here's my whole to-do list. It's that I'm saying today, what are the things that I most want to get done? And that gives me back control because I can get those things done. I can't necessarily get everything done, but that I know versus making this whole to-do list and just kind of working on whatever comes and then realizing I got to the end of the day and I didn't even do the most important thing. And it shifts from day to day. If I'm like super behind on laundry and I'm worried we're not going to have clothes to wear, that's going to make it on that list, (laughs) you know, especially in the seasons of survival mode, which we've all been in, you know, that's going to make it to the top of the list. Most days it's humming along quite nicely. It doesn't make it on the list. It just happens anyway. But, you know, it can be something as small as that, if that's really important or something big, like making progress on a big goal whatever those things are that are most important. But I'm not sitting down today and saying, I know next month on this day, these things are going to be the most important because it changes and you know you don't know what's going to happen in the next month. So that's how, yeah, I think that's really the first place to start is to start with that habit of daily planning. Absolutely. And those big three daily goals, we do that. I do that in business 
And it really changed how I got things done productive in business because I would get distracted by the things that pop up, right? Emails to respond to or whatever. And I get to the end of the day, I'm like, I still didn't do that giant project. So I love bringing that into the home life. And also to bring it back to budgeting for a second, it's the same reason we don't set static budgets for perpetuity, right? (laughs) Like our every month changes, every week changes. And so we have to kind of start on a daily basis. Yeah, I I totally understand that too, because- I don't know in like a year from now what my priorities are going to be. So I'm much better, closer to time, I'm much better able to plan for that. Absolutely. So once we feel like we've got a little bit of a handle on our daily budget, wow, I'm in money mode always. (laughs) (laughs) Our daily plan. (laughs) Our daily plan. What do we do next? So I think the next step, so when you go from the daily plan, and I I should mention that bucket three is just the rest of your to-dos. Like it would be great to get these done, but if I don't, I still call it a successful day. So, and I will be honest, like some days it's only the top priorities that get done. Other days I'm like on fire and I'm knocking out the rest of them, but you know, I can still feel like a success with that. And then next, once we've done that, the next critical component, and there are so many things involved with this, but it's to create habits. So when you first start, if you're really in a place that's pretty chaotic, you're going to feel like what you're seeing on your list all the time is probably not even your big, most important goals. It's like, make sure I cook dinner, get the laundry done, make sure that the living room is not embarrassing when my guest comes over. So like, you're really going to find that a lot of things making that top list are the more mundane day-to-day things. And the goal eventually is to get to where those things are kind of on autopilot so that you freed up some space for some of the more meaningful things and things like that. And so the way to do that is to make those routine things into habits. And so for habits specifically, and even daily planning, is there a specific planner that you use? How do you recommend people? Because I don't know about you. My past is littered with planners where I had the best intentions. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, you should have seen my stack of like partly used planners. And I was like, well, this planner is now going to make me completely organized. It has this feature that this other one did. And it's going to be so, it's going to revolutionize my life. And then it never does. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally, I get that. I think so many people are there. So I have my own planner that I've created. It's called the Sweet Life Planner. We have it in um, like a physical form. We have it in a printable form and we have it in a digital, like you can use it on your iPad. What I love about it is it has a disc binding and that means it's a flexible binding. So it kind of combines the best of like a traditional three ring binder with spiral binding, meaning that with a three ring binder, you can like open up the rings and move pages around, take them out, add something in. You can do that with disc binding. You can completely move it around, but it does not have the bulk of a three ring binder where you have to like, and it's easier because there's no rings to open. You kind of, ha- you can go check it out and look at the pictures. Like when I first heard of it, I was like, does this really work? You know, like, but it really, really does. <laughs> so all of my notebooks are disc oh, you bound and I love them. I love them. We have the punch and everything because I also like to be able to open it all the way around. Yes. Like with a three ring binder, when you're trying to write on the left-hand side, you're like 
arm is stuck on the rings. It's a whole. Yeah, I love that about it. And it's so much more compact. And I like taking the pages out to write on. Like my daily plan, I usually pull it out of my planner. And then I can still reference the rest of the planner while I'm making my daily plan. And it's just like right there. So that makes it a little bit more customizable. So you can add in your notes pages if you want to. The other thing I love about it is there's no getting behind. If you go on vacation for two weeks or fall off the wagon and like it happens, just take those pages out <laughs> like you can, and move them. Like you still get to use them. So like, I like that you, you can't really get behind. And it also has the habit tracking each month built in where you set your habits and you can build that in. So that's the planner that I use. For years, I used the physical version and I've just recently switched to the digital version and I'm loving it more than I thought I was. Like I just wanted to switch. So I would like try it out and see before we sell it, I wanted to use it personally. And I was like, but I just don't think this is going to be for me, you know, because I'm such a paper girl. Um, And digital, by the way, it's not like an app or anything like that. It just means you use it on a tablet with one of those tablet pencils. So you're literally writing in it on the tablet. And I was like, oh, I don't think, but I totally fell in love with it. How are you finding referencing other pages? Is that, that takes some getting used to? I would say it took about a week to get used to like, okay, here's how, you know, here's how I do it. And then it just became second nature. And I find it's fairly easy because we have, the planner is super hyperlinked, meaning like, you know, I'll go to the month and I can tap on that day and go right to that day. So because it's so hyperlinked, it's super easy to go somewhere else in the planner. And I'm like, this is actually working. And there's like this lasso tool where whatever you've written, you can lasso it and move it somewhere else. <laughs> I just discovered that. And I'm like, wow, this saves me from like rewriting a whole bunch of stuff. So it's been interesting. I don't use a tablet as a planner at the moment, but we use it for like taking notes for within the business of like, and then I can just upload the notes for everybody when we're working on things. And I love the lasso tool. I love being able to move yeah, things. Yeah, converting it to text. Like I didn't even know you could do that. Like I'll write a course outline because I really like. Sometimes you just need that feel of like writing. Like I don't want to be at a keyboard typing. And so like I'll write the outline and then I'll just like tap convert to text and we'll be able to put it into like a Google Doc or something. So I think that's a really cool feature. And there is real research behind like our brain interacts differently when we're writing than when we're typing. Yes, with memory and all that kind of stuff. So. You have the planner that you now use regularly and love. How do we start to build that habit? Like what recommendations do you have for people in your community that you can adapt it and it doesn't become another one that's just by the wayside? So when it comes to building habits, I think the first place to start is we don't try to build too many at once. And this is one of the things I made all the time. It's just like I wanted to... Like there's so much we probably want to work on. And so it feels like, oh, we need to get it all done now. But what ends up happening is if you try to implement 10 new things starting tomorrow, you might last for, I mean, some people last for two, three weeks. I was one that lasted maybe two or three days (laughs) before (laughs) it gets like overwhelming. And, you know, your regular life is still going on. And it's not even so much that some of the habits that we build A lot of times we think it's we don't have enough time. Like, I just don't have time in my day. More so than time in your day, it's mental energy required. So when I don't have a routine habit of, like, you know, meal planning and cooking dinner or budgeting or doing laundry, it takes so much of my mental energy. Like, it feels like so much work. Versus once I have done that thing 
every day for 365 days is kind of off of my mental plate because that's just what I do. And if you really think about it, you have habits already. You may or may not like them, but you have them. Like, for example, (laughs) my habit is to drag myself out of bed when my son comes and wakes me up in the morning. Now, do I think that's the best way to go? Maybe not. Like, I kind of wish that I got up before him and was one of those moms that got a head start on her day and was fresh. But that is my habit already. And I do that without thinking. It requires no extra mental energy for me not to set my alarm clock. And like, but that's a habit. It really is a routine ingrained in this. He's used to that. He knows he comes straight to my room when he gets up. He would find it strange if I had gotten up and gone somewhere else in the house and he'd be like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, and even little things, you know, those are all habits already. So the goal is to get that habit to the place where it doesn't require so much mental energy. It doesn't feel like another thing we have to do. And if you look at the people that you think these people really have it together, like how do they do it? I mean, their house is always relatively put together looking and they have a lot on their plates and they don't really seem that stressed. Like, what is their secret? And their secret is some of those routine things are just so automatic. It doesn't take much mental energy. So the first way we get there is by starting with, I say, one to two habits that you're going to focus on above all others for the foreseeable future. And if you pick two, I, I like to like add something and take something away. So like I would not, for example, say wash all the dishes before I go to bed and go to bed at by 10 p.m. in the same time because those are kind of competing with each other. But I might say wash all the dishes before I go to bed and drink less soda or something, you know, and I would make that specific. So those you can have together. And then you start just tracking it every day. Here's, you know, checking it off when you do it every day. And this is the other thing that I think is really important. We've all heard, I don't know, if most of us have probably heard the 21 days to make a habit. That's not true. <laughs> I hate to break it to nope. you. Not true. And I've, I've looked at the actual research studies and they've actually done studies on how long it takes for a habit, they call it become automatic, meaning it just, you kind of do it without thinking. And in the studies, it was anywhere from about that lower end of like 18 days, all the way up to almost a year. Now, don't panic because the average was a lot lower than a year. But the point is, don't expect something magical to happen on day 22. And for most of us, myself included, and it's going to depend a little bit on your personality, how deeply ingrained the habit you're trying to change is and all of those things. But rarely have I felt that something was truly automatic after just 21 days. It's going to probably take two, three months. And I would say that over like after a week or two, it gets easier. But to really get that point of like, this feels automatic is going to take longer. So don't put a time limit on it. And don't add the next one until you're really ready. That I think is the key. And so that way you'll get that firmly established and you won't have to go back to the place where you didn't have that habit in place. And the longer you do it, the easier it's going to be to get back. And did you read James Clear's Atomic Habits? I did. So I found it really helpful with little things, like specifically like drinking water, his tips about tying it to a habit you already have. So like if you get up in the morning and you always get coffee, like put your planner next to your coffee so you have to see it. I thought that was really helpful because otherwise out of sight, out of mind is really hard to overcome. Yeah. And that is a great one. Like tie it into something you already do. Like 
when you brush your teeth, is that when you take your vitamins, if like that's really hard for you to remember or, and it'll become automatic a lot quicker if you tie it into that. Or maybe that's when you read scripture or whatever you want to read for that day. And then it's automatically going to get tied in. So yeah, I do love that little trick. And that was a great book. <laughs> I really enjoyed that book for sure. Yeah, I thought that was a really helpful book. So I'm going to ask a couple of specific questions about different areas. And I want to start with scheduling, especially with kids. Do you have any thoughts on like how to organize kids' activities? Do you guys think about like limiting the number of activities your kids have just so that we don't get overwhelmed with our day-to-day? Yes. To me, that is just something that is super important to us and our family that we don't overschedule at all. And I feel like one of the books that helped me a lot with that is Simplicity Parenting. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I have So good. Yes. He's a psychologist who has worked with a lot of kids. And basically the whole idea is that we need to simplify everything, like their rooms, their spaces, their schedules. And that when kids have ADD, simplifying their spaces and their schedules can have the same effect as medication. It was very powerful. And so that, that had a real influence on like, okay, we do need to simplify. And it's just not serving anyone if we're all running around like crazy. And least of all, often it's not serving the kids either. And so we just really limit, like we haven't signed them up for all sorts of, you know, we just don't sign them up for a lot of things and they don't know any differently. Like they don't feel like they're missing out because they're not in a whole bunch of things. When you do that, I think it's important to make sure that you give them things to do at home. (laughs) Like if they're going to be spending a lot of time at home, what you don't want is for all that to be like, what do we do? Or I obviously don't want them like watching TV all day long or something like that. So I've tried to set it up to where they have a lot of things that they can do at home. So like we turned our coat closet into a craft closet. We didn't need the space for coats. I mean, we each just have one coat and it hangs in a hook like in our entryway. So We didn't need it for coats. If guests come, we just throw them on a bed, but we need a space for like all the different like crafts and things like that. And so I set it up to where it was easy. They know that I'm not going to be picky about if they put it back in the wrong drawer and they feel comfortable to go help themselves. You know, even at three, four, five, they just feel like, Hey, I can go help myself and start to see what like creativity happens is amazing. And I just feel like I love being able to see that, like to see what they create and to see them learning and things like that. But I just, I do think that it's okay to say no or to get in a season, which we've done of like, you'll realize when you're getting there that, okay, we crossed the line. This is too much. And I think every family is different. Just like every person is different. I know people who have just like really packed schedules, but they are still thriving. It doesn't feel overwhelming. It doesn't feel like too much. They don't feel stressed. But then I know others who with that type of schedule, it would feel overwhelming and stressed. So I think you need to know and be ready to say like, okay, this did not feel right for us. We need to change something going forward because this is just the point where everyone gets stressed. Yeah, I think we realized through quarantine with COVID that our playroom was a disaster, right? Like the boys, I have a two-year-old and four-year-old boy, and it was just way too much for them. And so we recently went through and we got like took two thirds of their toys and boxed them up and put them in the garage and then got just clear plastic bins and sorted the rest of them and like put them on the shelves. They are playing with more toys and playing with them longer now that it's 
much simpler down there. And like my husband and I were actually just talking last night about how there's another wave to go. I think we could even like simplify it a little bit more and they would do better. So I love that point. What about paper and stuff that comes home from school? Oh yes. The paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like this is just such a big issue for so many. And I will tell you just like, I want to say it was about, well, basically when quarantine started, I was like, I'm tackling my paper clutter once and for all. And I really did. And it feels amazing. (laughs) But I mean, I focused on it. It was like my job for two weeks. But it's amazing to have it set up. And I wasn't like out of control, but I had several bins where I had stuffed papers. (laughs) So it looked nice, but they were hiding in bins. And I finally took the time to like go through every touch, every single one. So what I would say about all the paper that comes in is like throw away liberally. So when the mail comes in, as soon as I can get it in the trash or recycle bin, the better. You know, so if I don't care about the store circular, it's going right in there. If this is a junk mail, it's going right in there. So that's going to cut down some. Then the second thing is to have certain like paper inboxes, because what ends up happening is paper is just everywhere. Like every flat surface becomes a paper magnet. And so (laughs) that just feels overwhelming and it just doesn't feel good. And so set up those paper inboxes, set them up somewhere. And then if you find they're still stacking up somewhere else, that's where you put the paper inbox. Some people have one, I would say a minimum of one on each level. If you have multiple levels of your home, you can have more than one if you want to, but just have certain places where everybody knows that that's where you put the papers. I think that helps with the total mess. And then... The next thing is like, I just go through about once a month or so, I just take their big stack of papers and I'll let it pile up and just go through them. And okay, when it comes to like the kids artwork, my kids, the amount of artwork that they produce is like, I just did not know that was possible. And for kids, every piece of artwork is precious, you know, a masterpiece, (laughs) but I can't keep 10 masterpieces a day. Like it's not going to help anyone. And so I go through it without them. Now, I'm not a secret. Like, they know I do it. Like, they know that I get rid of their artwork. It's not like I'm keeping a secret from them. But if I try to do it with them, they're like, oh, but mommy, I love that. Like, it just doesn't (laughs) even work. So I'm just like, I'm over trying to do it with them. And I'll just go through it. I keep it for about a month. Now, they'll still remember a specific piece of artwork after that. But after the first week or two, they're not as into that specific piece. And so they're less like, they're not upset if you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that one. We've we've moved on. (laughs) The other thing that I do, and I make sure like I make a big deal about it when they give it to me. And I'm like, mommy, and I usually say, oh, mommy's going to love having this up on the fridge for a few days. Like plant that seed. Like, you know, this is not something that we're supposed to keep for the rest of our lives. And then I take pictures of a lot of it. I started out by taking pictures of all of it because I was like, you know, we can't literally save this, but we can take a picture of it. Then I realized that wasn't helping anybody because now I have like how many pictures of every piece of artwork. So I'm just judicious. If it's like something that I know is special to them or it's special to me, or it's the first time she wrote the word mom or something like that, I'll Mm -hmm. save it. Other than that, I will just toss it. That's a valid thing. So like I said, my two-year-old's little, little, but my four-year-old is at that age where he's got the art and he's cutting skills and all this kind of stuff. So there's part of the fridge that his brother can't reach. So the older one will tape things on the fridge, like told him, well, you only have this much room that your little brother's not going to pull it down. So if you want to put something else up, we have to take something down. (laughs) That's a smart strategy. The other thing I do is 
I let them take stuff up in their rooms. Like I haven't really decorated their rooms at all, really. I mean, they don't have stuff on the walls. I'm just like, yeah, if you want to tape it in your room, go for it. <laughs> Why not? I mean, you know, it looks a little like you take some artwork up there, but they like it. And so I just kind of let them do that. And that makes it feel special and they can choose, you know, what they want to put on their walls. And the big two things I think that are left that I'd love to at least just touch on. I know we're going to talk about it a lot in the Get Organized Summit, but meal planning and cleaning. Oh, okay. How have you created routines for these things? Okay. So first of all, meal planning. I feel like there's a couple types of people. There's the type of people who are like, this is my routine and I'm doing it from here on out. That is not me. My basic routine is that I want to know the night before what we're going to have for dinner the next day. There have been times in my life where I like would sit down and make a weekly meal plan. I've done monthly meal plans. I've tried the meal subscription boxes. I've tried, you know, where you buy the weekly meal plans for you with the grocery lists. And I realized for myself, I really enjoy cooking. I just don't feel like I want to do the same thing. Like I want to try new things because I think it's fun. So I'm just, I don't think I'm necessarily going to be the type of person who's like, okay, this is my routine. But I know for some that works great, but at a minimum, I want to know like, okay, this is what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. And one of like kind of my fallback is I call it meal planning for type B people. So this is meal planning without really planning. And so what I do is I make sure I have staple groceries on hand all the time. And I'll do like a big, you know, Sam's Club haul like every six weeks or so. And you can even get like, I have a lot of frozen fruits and veggies. You can freeze dairy and cheese. And so you could almost, I mean, when I first started doing it, I think I would go weeks without even needing to go to the store. This was before we had two kids. So, but yeah. And so then I would know that I have the ingredients for these core recipes. And I just need to decide the night before in case there's something I want to thaw or in case there's something I want to start the next morning. The night before, the more of it you can get ready, the better. So if I'm going to do a crock pot meal, I know that in the morning, I'm the opposite of a morning person. So that is never going to be the time where I am like, I know some people are the opposite. They're raring to go in the morning. And that's when I'm going to have way more energy right before I go to bed than I am in the morning. And, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So I'm going to make it easy for myself. I'll get the crock pot out. I'll put the liner out. If there's any cans or stuff that doesn't have to be refrigerated, it's going to be right there beside the crock pot to make it as easy as possible. Perfect. So that's meal planning. What was the other? Oh, cleaning. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I must be honest. It's just a small one. It's just not a big deal. Cleaning is not my jam. It's like, it's what you do because you have to do it. You guys, you can't see the background behind Laura, but she has these amazing, beautiful bins that are all labeled. Her house looks gorgeous. If I turned the camera right now, she would be mortified if there's just like dog blankets on the floor over here. <laughs> just I like to be organized. I like things to be put away and tidy. But as far as like avoiding dust and dirt, yeah. And so one of the things that I have done is realize what's important to me and my family. So I know some people who are completely the opposite. Like if stuff was, you know, just kind of stuffed in a closet, they're cool with that. Like that doesn't cause them any stress or anxiety. But if there's like a speck of dirt on the floor, or they go a day without mopping their floor, they're stressed about it. But I'm the opposite. I would be way more stressed if something in my closet was just kind of tossed in there versus if you can see a little bit of dirt on my floor. <laughs> so I just realized like I'm going to set the bar on cleaning low because I'm never going to be one of those people who's like, I'm following my weekly cleaning checklist where I'm cleaning the baseboards every single week and dusting every single week. 
Like, I just think now, you know, for me, I would rather spend my time putting things away, organizing things, knowing where they are. And then the cleaning is going to be like basically the minimum that I need to get things done. And we just do a basic yeah, I try to keep up with some basics every day so I don't pile up like dishes, wiping down countertops and vacuuming up. If there's like obvious things you can see, I want to get that vacuumed up. And then beyond that, I want to do like a weekly bathroom clean, but I'm not one of those. Oh, I'm going to like wipe it down every day because that doesn't even sound fun. Like that sounds miserable. I don't want to dread my morning routine where I have to like scrub the toilet <laughs> Like, I know it works well for some people because you don't get it built up like it stays cleaner. But for me, at this point in my life, I'm just like, nope, that's not it. So we just try to follow like basic daily and then basic weekly and then just fit in some of the other whenever it looks like it needs it and not overcomplicate it with like an elaborate, okay, every month I do this, every two months I do this just because there's other things I'd rather focus on. Like I have more elaborate systems for other things in my life, but cleaning, it's not one of them. (laughs) And if you're a person who loves the house to be spotless, that's amazing. But I do think that like a lot of people get overwhelmed because they Google like how to keep my house clean. And what they get is like, okay, do this Monday, do this Tuesday, do this Thursday, every other week, do this thing. And then it's like, it just seems like way too much. And then you feel like you're failing. So I love your like, Let's do the dishes. Let's wipe down the counters. Let's keep it picked up and we'll add more as it needs it and when we can. Yeah, it's really about what the priority is for you. And if that's not a priority, then great. If it is, great. I mean, I love the houses that are like spotless. So I think cleaning and having that like everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different and you kind of have to start basic is a really good reason why you have your summit, right? And so many different perspectives on how to handle it. So that starts September 14th. Registration's already open, right, Laura? Yes. What are some of the sessions you're most excited about this year? Okay, so I am most excited about Megan's going to do a session on organizing using your e-cutter. I love my e-cutters. So I'm really excited about that one. Tasha's going to do one on organizing with just your iPad. And I think like that's really cool and neat. And I'm loving organizing with mine. So I am super excited about that one. And oh my goodness, it is just so hard to narrow it down because I have so many. I mean, I feel like every year, of course, we have multiple sessions on decluttering and like different angles we're doing one about how to handle sentimental clutter. I think that's probably one of my favorite decluttering ones this year because just sentimental, um, that's with Dana and she's so, she has just so many great realistic tips. And I feel like that's such a problem area for people. So, I mean, those are just some of mine, but I'm just like, there's so many that I'm like, oh, these are so good. Like every year I'm like, we can't top that. Like this was just, and then the next year it's like, oh, wow. We totally have such good things to say. And I just think I cannot help but be motivated. Like it's so motivational to get all this information. And like, I just can't stop myself from like cleaning and organizing (laughs) from the time I start doing the interviews to the time that like it goes live. It's just like such an inspiration. That's what I like with the summits too, the all access pass, especially you can go back. Right. And when you're having a moment of like, I'm really struggling with meal planning, like, let me go watch that session again. Because you're not going to consume 60 videos in the week, right? That would be really overwhelming. Oh, and I've so done that. Like, just the, like I would, there was like one about um, creating your important documents binder in our last summit. 
I watched it then. I was like, this is really cool. But I just didn't have like the supplies and the time. And then like six months later, I wanted to put it together. So I was really happy that I had that there to like go back to and watch how she did it. And I love just getting it done and like seeing those things come together. That's so funny. So we, our biggest product actually at Smart Money Mamas is our family emergency binder, which is about filling the gap between like life insurance policy and wills. And then like what your family actually needs to know if something happened to you. And so it wasn't until this summer that we finally released like a video to go with it of how to set it up because we've sold over 7,000 of them, but people would come back to us and are like, okay, but I just need a step-by-step explanation of like, I know it's all here, but tell me how to do it. So I think that video sounds really interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of great ones. And you also have a whole money section this year. Yes, we do. We have several people talking about finances and budgeting and you know how to stay organized with that. And I feel like Finances and organizing go really well hand in hand because when you're disorganized, it kind of leads to overspending (laughs) and kind of vice versa. So I feel like they just go really well together. Absolutely. I think Rosemary Groner is speaking about that specifically at the summit this year, right? About how organizing your home a little bit can make, make doing your money easier. Yes. I'm super excited about her session. Yeah, she's fantastic. So Laura, any advice for people who are going to listen to this and go start trying to make those tiny habits and big changes? Yeah, I would say the first, like the biggest takeaway I think is, you know, I'd rather you start small and actually get it done and build that positive momentum. And I call it like the finishing muscle. Like you start to learn, Hey, when I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it rather than trying to overhaul everything at once and then ending up not being able to do it. That's a great point. And guys, I hope we see you all at the Get Organized HQ Summit. But everyone that listens to the show knows that we have one more thing we have to do, a silly thing, Laura, where we have you try on our Smart Money Mama's sorting hat. All right. So the sorting hat is our version of the hot seat where we ask the magical hat to reveal something about you. It has a whole bunch of questions all around motherhood and life. You ready? All right. I'm ready. What is your all-time favorite TV show? Oh, all-time favorite TV show would be Signed, Sealed, and Delivered. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. It is not a popular show. Um, <laughs> I don't really like most popular shows, but it is, uh, I think it was put out by the Hallmark Channel, and it's not got a ton of seasons. Oh, but my husband and I, we both fell in love with it. It's a little bit quirky. It's quirky, but it's very well done. And the character development is really rich. And it's basically about this lady was supposed to get a job at a certain department in the post office. And she ends up in the undelivered letters section. And basically each episode is its own like little mystery. So they'll find a letter and they'll be like, you know, it'll be really touching or something like that. And they need to get it delivered to the, and of course it's not based on reality at all. Like this is not what really happens, but they need to get it delivered to whoever it belongs to. And so they'll go on these adventures to try to figure it out. But of course there's a lot of, you know, uh, character development and I don't know, we just loved it. It was, I wish they would come out with more of it, but that's my favorite. That sounds really fun. All right, Laura, where can people go sign up for the Get Organized Summit or follow up with more of your work? Yeah, so if you want to come to Get Organized HQ, you can just type in getorganizedhq.com or click the link below and you'll be good to go. And then if you want to find me, most of my stuff is linked at my website, iheartplanners.com. If you're interested in social media, I'm most active on Instagram and there I am, iheartplanners. Awesome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us and I can't wait for the summit. Thank you. Mamas, one of the things I love about Laura is that she's so real about home systems and makes getting organized achievable for anyone. 
I really can't wait for her Get Organized HQ Summit on the 14th, both to share my own Wealthy Money Mindset training and to watch some of the great sessions coming up on decluttering, because we need less stuff in my house. Grab a link for your free pass in the description of this episode so we can go hang out there. Now, as always, I've wrapped up my three favorite takeaways from this chat with Laura so you can get a jumpstart on your own home systems. First, keep it simple. I loved Laura's point in this episode about going with what works and not overcomplicating things. We're more likely to be consistent if it's already in the flow of what we do. For me, I had an aha moment when Laura was talking about the drawer for her kids' art where it kept ending up, even though she designated a different spot. So they just switched the designated spot to that drawer. I keep saying I want mail and papers to go in an inbox on my desk to go through on a regular basis. But every single time, that pile of papers ends up on the kitchen counter. I think I'm going to put a hanging box right in the kitchen, and I can simply grab the papers to go through before our weekly budget meetings. Way more straightforward. Every family is different, and instead of trying to implement someone else's complicated organization strategy into your own life, figure out what works for you. Second, less stuff is really the answer. Clutter makes everything harder. It overwhelms our minds, creates piles we trip over, and starts little arguments. We don't need to go full-on minimalist, especially not right away. But let yourself get rid of things you don't regularly use and be careful about what you let into your house, because once it's there, it can be really hard to get rid of. The less stuff you have, the less stuff you have to clean, keep organized, and put away. It's just easier. Third, when creating systems and routines, start small. Pick one or two habits you want to start with and keep them tiny. Like Laura said, maybe your first goal is not leaving dishes in the sink before you go to bed. Then keep doing that thing until you feel like you don't have to think about it anymore. Then add the next thing. Creating new habits and ingraining them to the point where they're truly automatic takes time and mental decision-making power. If we try to do too much at once, we'll almost certainly exhaust ourselves and fail. Or, as Laura mentioned, we'll attempt to create habits that compete with each other, like not leaving dishes in the sink and going to bed by 10 p.m. every night. Then having to choose makes us feel like we're failing and puts us off track. So start small. Identify what is most adding stress to your life and look to fix that with a simple routine. The first change is the hardest, but tackling it is going to feel so good. You've got this. Mamas, I want to thank Laura again for coming on the show and sharing her insight on home routines and telling us about her incredible Get Organized HQ Summit. You can grab the free pass to Laura's summit at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash organized HQ, which is also linked in the show notes along with these key takeaways at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash Laura. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe and tell a friend. We appreciate you helping more mamas build wealth and create fulfillment in their lives. Keep talking money, mamas. I'll see you next time.